the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information visit podpage.com. The future of podcast promotion. Get ready for takeoff. Nigel continues his entertaining and informative conversation with American physiotherapist Alan Snyder. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was the fact that in your spare time, you are a comedian. So how did you get into that? So as a doctor, you know, I'm not Patch Adams. I'm not the Robin Williams, you know, <laughs> the, the thing on the nose. And for me, I have always been that person to make you laugh. I, I know people that are silence is golden. That's not me. I actually get in trouble for talking too much. You know, it was my father growing up said, we couldn't wait for you to start talking and we are dying for you to talk. So stop. You have to stop talking at some point. So I will just be honest. I have never taken the plunge. I've never gotten up on a stage and performed. That being said, I'm the one in the group. I am the guy where I write jokes. I write bits. I have my own podcast where I tell jokes and stories and I'm just good at making people laugh. And if I had another lifetime, I would have done it. I would have loved to be a comedian. So what I do is I use my podcast kind of as my way of making people laugh. And, you know, I've only been doing it for about six weeks now and I, my audience is not ginormous. It really isn't. I'm humbled that the 30 to 50 listeners that I have, mostly friends and family, they love it. It's twice a week for 30 minutes and they go, you know what? That was great. It's short. It was sweet. You made me laugh. You made my day brighter. And you know what? At the end of your life, you're going to have a legacy. And you mentioned this before. It's, it's not what you're saying you're going to do. It's what you do. And for me, I want my legacy to be pay it forward. If you can make somebody else's life better, funnier, whatever it is, it's the best medicine. And so for me, it all ties together. Being funny, being a doctor, having a good quality of life is important for me. So my goal before I move out of New York City is to get up on stage, is to perform one night. That being said, the true craft, because I consider myself a student of comedy, I really do really put a lot of work in. I respect it way too much to think I could be a professional comedian because a professional comedian is a 13 hour a day job. It's nighttime, it's outside, it's hustling, it's doing this. And I don't have the time to be a professional comedian, but mm. I have the time to be an amateur comedian. And that's what I really, really take pride in. That I find interesting. So what do you think about Dave Chappelle, for example? or the black legends like Richard Pryor? So Richard Pryor is the, the number one. Like if when you do your Mount Rushmore, everybody comes from so many different ways. And, you know, I call it like a family tree. So for me, Dave Chappelle, 
also from my home state of Maryland, so he gets an extra bump in. But my, <laughs> my favorite hour of comedy that I've ever watched in my life was Dave Chappelle killing him softly. Mm. And that came out when I was in, in college. I can text any one of my friends right now one line from that, and they'll give me the next three. That is the best comedy hour ever. But like you said, he comes from the lineage of Richard Pryor, right? He comes from that, and same thing like Chris Rock as well. They both come from there. And I'll be honest. I have not loved – I saw Dave Chappelle live a couple of years ago, and he was working some material out. And I tend to like his humor a little bit before everything. You know, I watched his YouTube special, and it's not meant to be funny. So when he is being political and he, I enjoy what he has to say, I don't know if I'm finding him his, – his, he's so naturally funny. But I don't know if he's a comedian with a lot of the things he's doing right now. So – for me, he's still one of the best. He's one of my favorites. Like you grow up, the music you like is the music from your high school. Mm. Dave Chappelle was the best comedian when I was in high school and college. So for me, he's my favorite. But I really am enjoying where he's taken his career because he is getting out there and telling people because he has a platform and he has a message. And I appreciate celebrities doing that. Celebrities like him versus, you know, the celebrities that did that. Imagine you, did you see that crazy video? Gal Gadot, mm, yeah. imagine all the people, like, you're, not, <laughs> you're not doing anything. And I love the platform that we have. And he is so good at making his point without being offensive. I really, really enjoy that because some other people have gotten out there like Nick Cannon recently, you know, he's harping and then he makes some anti-Semitic comments. It's like mm. putting down other people is not the way to build yourself up. Mm. It's fixing the problem. I really like what Dave Chappelle has been doing. Mm. Well, I find um, Chappelle, I find him very, his comedy is very subtle. It's very intelligent comedy as, as I take it in, as I observe what he's doing. I think it's really good. I mean, whereas I suppose Richard Pryor was very honest in terms of he would talk about his personal life in terms of like, you know, cocaine, etc. But what do you think makes a joke funny? Stereotypes are based on truths. And making a joke funny, there has to be truth in it. It's not funny if it's like, and then this umbrella starts talking to me. You're like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But what you have to do with the joke is it has to be based on some truth that people can relate to because they have to understand where you're coming from, which is why sometimes when comedians travel, you know, you go down to the South and you start making certain jokes, they might not find that as funny. Where if you're a Southern comedian and you come to the North and start using your old bits, it may not work. So it has to be things that people relate to, but at the same time, they can't see it coming. They cannot see where the joke is going because if you can write the punchline, there's no skill to that. Now, there's a comedian out there that I actually kind of find funny. His name is Anthony Jeselnik, and he's this, he's this younger, white guy, good-looking fellow. It is the darkest stuff you will ever hear. Every joke is this, you know, the other day a kid fell on the fence. He fell out of a tree onto my fence, and I just want to know, do, do I own half of his body or does my neighbor because he was cut in half type of thing? Like, wow. you don't – now, oh, it's some dark stuff, man. That being said, the first half hour of every comedy special, you're laughing because you don't know where the joke's going. But by the end of it, you're going, okay, here's the joke. What is the furthest thing from what he's about to say? And then that's where you end up. 
So you have to have these stories where you're just waiting and you're building and you're building and then the audience doesn't see it coming, but they were in on the story and they make you laugh and you laugh so hard. And that's always the funniest. It's being clever, being witty, being able to change what you're doing with the delivery. But at the same time, you have to be genuine. If you're up there performing, the audience can feel it. You know, and you see some of the guys that start to get very famous and they start, they don't get it. They're performing. They're going, oh, you know, I was at McDonald's the other day. It's like, no, you weren't. Your assistant goes to McDonald's. You don't do any of this stuff anymore. So I think as you grow older and you get experience, you can build upon it. And uh, do you know Leslie Jones? She was on Saturday Night Live, really funny comic. I heard her give an interview one time where she was getting up there and she didn't do very well. And she was talking to, I think, like Damon Wayans or something. He's like, well, she's like, what do I do? How do I be funnier? She said, he said to her, go live your life, go get your heart broken, go break some hearts and then come back to it. And you have to have experiences. And that's actually where I really thrive. I don't have a boring life. I'm always doing something. And wherever I go, things happen. I'm always out with a friend and then this happens. And then it's kind of like, all right, let me jot a note down about that. And that's where you start building. I struggle as a comedian because I don't, I'm not good at adding fake things to, to stories, but I'm very good at having a life, living my story and then writing it down and then retelling it. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought up experiences because regarding your relationship experiences, for example, what has happened to you in your experiences that has made you laugh in terms of your previous relationships or even your current relationship for that matter? Laughter is everything. Laughter is smiles. Like every relationship is going to have issues. It's going to be money. It's going to be stress. It's going to be time. But if you can't sit down and genuinely enjoy the person that you are with, it's not worth it. It really isn't. It might as well be an arranged marriage in my opinion. So I love like my current girlfriend. She's so, she gets it. You know, I've gone on plenty of dates and I make my jokes. Now for me, my favorite restaurant in the world is it's Olive Garden. I don't know if you guys have those there, but it's like a crappy corporate Italian place, but I love it. I love it so much because it's good for what it is. And I used to go on these dates and I would tell these girls, you know, my favorite restaurant is this amazing restaurant. It's called Olive Garden. It's an Italian place. And they go, oh, I've never heard of it before. I said, oh my God, they have breadsticks and it's here and it's there. And I would keep this going for maybe five minutes. And finally, I'm like, sweetheart, I'm talking about Olive Garden. They're like, oh, oh, I didn't get that. I, I didn't understand. And I'm not intellectually the smartest person in the world, but I'm very witty and very clever. And my girlfriend can go bang for bang for me. I mean, she, she keeps up. We know and we laugh at these things and we have these funny jokes and being able to look back and laugh at mistakes, which that's what I do on my podcast. My podcast is I put my foot in my mouth all the time because I'm constantly saying things. I'm like, oh my God, that was really silly that I made that mistake. But if you can laugh at yourself... <laughs> You're going to end up in a better place because you take, you can't take yourself too seriously and being humble is so important for your development as a person because you have to reflect on previous relationships and go, why didn't that work? Was it them? Oh, she did this. She did that. No, no, no. It's a 50, 50 thing. Sometimes it is more one person than the other, but you should either realize that it's a square peg for a round hole or sometimes you're too similar, whatever it is, but being able to laugh. You know, I spend a lot of time with my girlfriend and I don't hate it. And I say that to people like she's not perfect. We have our issues. But at the end of the day, I like spending time with her. I like being in the same room with her. I'm not the type of person to say I'm going out with my friends. Last night we went out with my friends. She comes with me. She goes where we want to go. Now, sometimes she'd rather do something else and that's fine. But I genuinely want to spend time with her. It's not just a physical 
It's not just a business arrangement. I, I like her. I really like her. And I even love her, which she clearly knows. And she knows this, does she? She does. She makes me say it every day. Yeah. <laughs> so, you're, so, uh, so are you suggesting that you are co- coerced into professing your love? Women, it's the love languages, right? Which I am not an expert in, but <laughs> women are, they're auditory. They like hearing it. They want to hear it, whether it's some are, some are touching, some are presence, whatever it is. She is an auditory. She loves hearing that she's loved. And I know what I cost zero dollars to say it. Well, for me, I mean, obviously I'm in the UK and one of the, one of the uh, sayings from London is like, well, whatever floats your boat. We use that. So what are your plans for the future, Alan? For me right now, I'm aging, hopefully wonderfully. So I'm, you know, I'm settling down. It's people use, you know, settling down as a sexual thing. The same way it's like sowing your wild oats. It's like, oh, you got to sow your wild oats. And it's not. Settling down just means life is changing for me, which is okay. Most of my friends are married, having kids, and that's my plan. So my plans in the future is to keep being a physical therapist, keep trying to be the best person spiritually mentally physically that i can be and you know i didn't get a chance to say but what your mom is doing by the way 84 years old even if it's riding a bike is amazing and i applaud her because again it's not about doing cartwheels for eight hours a day it's just doing something so good for her i wanted to say that for me i just want to keep being the best doctor i can be i want to keep making people laugh you know my podcasts are for fun if it gets bigger great if it doesn't it's not what i'm really trying to do anyways and just being as good as you can be because COVID is infectious. Being a good person is 10 times the disease. And if you're a good person, you're going to find that other people in this world will be nicer back to you. I mean, I can't tell you how many people have given me a look and you just kind of go like, eh, whatever. And they're like, yeah, all right. I was a little wound up. And that person who's having a rough day, if you can help them, they help people. It's this it's not the, uh, it's a snowball, right? It's a little bit becomes a lot, becomes a lot. It, it was that movie, Pay It Forward. You know, you do three nice things and then those three people do three nice things. Now you're at nine. And then those three mm-hmm. people, and it becomes 27 and it's exponential. So being the best person you can, it's so important. Whatever you're into, as long as you're not hurting people. Sometimes I don't understand why people get so bent out of shape emotionally if someone's gay or or transgender or whatever. I don't, I don't get it. As you said, providing they're not hurting somebody else or their behavior is not damaging or their lifestyle is not damaging to other people. Well, basically it's not anyone else's business, is it? No, I, I say, if you don't like gay marriage, don't get gay married. That's- <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems, that seems pretty basic common sense to me it's the truth though it's just if you okay and i say as long as i don't have to do it i just don't care what other people are doing if you're a good person god bless if because being happy i've heard stories of gay whether it's two men or two women adopting kids and you know people say oh that's that's weird that's this that kid gets 10 times more love than a lot of people in this world ever get and if that's the the worst thing to come out of it so be it i mean it's such a beautiful thing that stuff doesn't affect me i I think there's so many issues in this world to focus on and there's issues that sometimes can be a little tricky right we have a lot of conflict in this world but that's just not one that should you should waste brain power with i I don't get Mm. it so alan how can people contact you 
Yeah, so I'm on Instagram. My personal Instagram is BreakawayPT, B-R-E-A-K-A-W-A-Y-P-T. It's kind of meant to be more like my physical therapy-related stuff. But then when I started the podcast, which is named Booze Your Daddy, B-O-O apostrophe S-Y-O-U-R-D-A-D-D-Y. It's a play on word because like a boo is usually like, oh, we're booze, we're best friends. But it's also booze because we usually have a beer and me and a co-host or me and a guest, we just sit around, we have a beer, we just talk about something about the day. Uh, same thing on Instagram, it's B-O-O-S. Y-O-U-R-D-A-D-D-Y, but that's the best way. Facebook, Alan Snyder, I'm sure you'll tag me when you release the episode. Of course. I'm, I'm always there for a laugh. I'm always there for a smile. Well, Alan, in Manhattan, New York, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Nigel, thank you so much for having me. You're great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.